Eagles Chiefs Super Bowl, a very special guest, Louis DiBiase of Locked On Eagles, joining us today to break down, break down everything going on in Philly leading up to this football game coming up right now on Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks. Is daily fantasy made easy? Pick two to six players. If they score more or less than their prize picks projections, you can win up to 25 times your money on your entry. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Very special guest joining us on today's show. Let's bring him on out. Uh, Louis DiBiase, he's co-host of Locked On Eagles. You can find him on Twitter at DiBiase, L-O-E. LOE, of course, stands for Locked On Eagles, I think. And uh, he's he's doing a lot of prep work here for this Super Bowl, no doubt. Louis, thanks for joining the show, man. And um, I got to ask you first off here, what is the number one story for the Eagles coming into this game? Is there something big that maybe national media isn't picking up on yet that, that you think is the number one thing coming into this game? Yeah, there are a lot of storylines, and I think there's some obvious ones that maybe it's been played to death over the last two weeks, right? I mean, Andy Reid against his former team. You've got the Kelsey brothers. You've got Patrick Mahomes versus Jalen Hurts. I think overall, for me, the biggest storyline is in the trenches, and I know it's cliche, and it's not the sexy Super Bowl matchup for the non-Eagles and Chiefs fans, the diehard football fans that come to watch this big game, but honestly, I think... Of course, Jalen Hurts' emergence has been the, the big reason the Eagles have made it all the way to the Super Bowl, just two years removed from a four-win season when this whole franchise was lost in this very dark time, and we didn't know what the future was going to hold. But the trench play on both sides, to be honest, even over the 2017 Super Bowl title championship team, I think this is the bench, best trench play I've seen in franchise history. And Aaron Rodgers said it himself. This is one of the best offensive lines he's seen in the last 20 years. So I think the trench is the story of how the Eagles have built just incredible top tier talent and depth on both sides is an incredible luxury. And, you know, a lot of teams really strive for this, but it takes years. And honestly, in my entire time as an Eagles fan and analyst, I there haven't been a lot of years where they haven't had great trench play. So I think that's been the theme. And as cliche as it sounds, this battle is really going to be won in the inside. I 100% agree, and yeah, you nailed it. I mean, it's really impressive what they've built on both lines of scrimmage. You mentioned the development of Hurts, and I'll be honest. I mean, as recently as a year ago when they were eliminated by Todd Bowles, I had a lot of doubts about Hurts. What is he? What's most impressed you in the last 365 days with his development? Yeah, I was one of Jalen Hurts' biggest critics to the point where yeah, I was yeah. saying, explore all avenues, trade for Russell Wilson, are one of these prospects in the draft worth it? I love the move to get the Saints picked next year. Felt like it gave them flexibility in this stronger quarterback class because you look at that game against Tampa Bay and I feel like it exposed them. They said, we want Jalen Hurts to beat us by throwing the football 
inside the pocket. In the first half of 2021, that's what the Eagles wanted too. They wanted to win that way to get an answer if he could be the guy, and he couldn't do it. So they ran the ball in the second half. Tampa Bay took that away, and he couldn't do it. This year, obviously it's easier when you got A.J. Brown, right? Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, an elite offensive line. But Jalen Hurts has taken the steps himself when it comes to going through his reads, when it comes to ball placement, it's night and day compared to last year, his pocket presence, patience, you know, knowing when to run versus when to pass, knowing when to run to open up the pass. I just think you've seen such a, and it's not surprising, even at 24 years old, this is one of the most mature leading quarterbacks I've ever seen, especially in Philadelphia, but just the the step he has taken Compared to, I, I, I can't even really find a comparison. Maybe Josh Allen, but even yeah, Hurts. Allen comes to mind. He, yeah, he doesn't have, though, the Josh Allen tools where you think mm-hmm. year three, considering you know he's never really been that passing guy, I thought he had met his ceiling already. So the fact that he's a finalist to win MVP along with Mahomes and he's in the Super Bowl, is it's one of the greatest stories, a classic underdog story where most people doubted he could become this player, including myself. And I've never been more happy to be wrong in my entire life. phenomenal team building i mean it's team building 101 and howie roseman probably would get my vote for executive of the year because of that and it's funny because howie roseman built a super bowl team then that team fell apart and it was almost like and correct me if i'm wrong some folks around philly are like probably should fire howie roseman at this point and then he comes back and he's executive of the year again and builds an even better team top to bottom and just how you build around. If you're not sure about your quarterback, you want to help him as much as you can. Give him Devontae Smith. Give him A.J. Brown. Give him the best offensive line in the league. And then also be able to run the ball. Part of that is because of Jalen Hurts as well. But uh, it's it's been an amazing sort of a, a roller coaster ride there in Philadelphia between the two Super Bowl appearances, especially with yeah. how Howie Roseman has built that thing. It is one of the craziest, most unique stories in all of sports where a team can go to two Super Bowls in a five-year span with a completely different core, right? And you still have yeah. some of the same guys. Head coach and quarterback. Exactly. They're the first <laughs> team in NFL history yeah. to go to two Super Bowls with two different head coaches and two different quarterbacks in that span. It's incredible. And again, you've got some core pieces still from that team, right? Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox. But for the most part, this is a brand new team. It's unbelievable that the 2017 improbable story is kind of happening again. Because if you remember... In 2016, Howie Roseman came back from basically being fired without actually being fired. Chip Kelly took over the GM powers in 2015. Howie gets sent to the other side of the complex. And then he comes back, builds this team up in two years after they were left in darkness to win a championship. Then he puts that team in darkness in 2020. I agree, Brian. I thought he should have been fired. But Jeffrey Lurie gave him the benefit of the doubt. And he yet again took a team that had so many holes just lost their franchise quarterback and head coach back to the top. I've never seen anything like this where a GM can so often make a mess of things, but then build it back up in such a masterful way to the point where I think he's going to win executive of the year again. It's just, it's a truly incredibly unique story. And I guess Lurie knew what he was doing, keeping him because I would have fired Roseman in 2020 as well. I thought it was justified, but Hey, again, I'm glad he's here. It's it's been incredible what he's done. Yeah, Louie, you're, you're too quick to, to move on. You were too quick to move on from yeah. Jalen Hurts, too quick to move on from, <laughs> from Howie Roseman. Well, look, I think you look at what happened in 2020, right, and, and why they fell so fast after 2017 is Howie, and it was a lot on, on a lot of people, Carson Wentz's regression because of injuries, because of his own stubbornness, and I thought the coaching staff definitely regressed, and guys got old, there were injuries, but I, I thought Howie 
didn't do a good job of really extending that window. He had some really bad draft classes. He could never surround Wentz with the weapons Hertz has. The defense, too. The free agent moves didn't work. He stopped being aggressive with trades. So overall, I thought it was justified that from 2018 to 2020, it was a gradual decline for, for Roseman, too. I thought it was justified. And, you know, after a four-win season, I'm like, I don't know what's left for him to do. I think you have to move on and start completely fresh. But, again, Lurie believes in his guy. This has been his guy for a very long time. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one of the most unique stories in sports, for sure. It's never a, a dull moment being an Eagles fan, that's for sure. <laughs> So, Louis, I didn't plan on talking offseason stuff, but we're talking Roseman. We're all unbelievably impressed with his roster building, his aggression, the way he sees things is different. And, frankly, their their first three picks, Davis, Juergens, N'Kobe Dean, are all set up to replace guys that they could lose. But how worried are you about this offseason? I mean, they could lose valuable assistant coaches. Kelsey could retire. They've got a lot of free agents. Is this sustainable, win or lose, on Sunday? Yeah, it's definitely going to be tough for sure. Javon mm-hmm. Hargrave's a free right. agent. A lot of that line on both sides that have made you great, right? Fletcher Cox is a free agent. Javon Hargrave, Brandon Graham. Um, I'm missing some other players as well. Ndonikin Sue and Linval Joseph. Yeah, right. yeah uh, both linebackers, TJ Edwards and Kazir White. James Bradbury at corner is a free agent. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson at safety. You yeah. flip the field. Isaac Samalu is having one of the most underrated seasons in the NFL at right guard for this football team. Miles Sanders. They got to pay Jalen Hurts. It's expected he's going to get that right. big contract. There's a lot of work for even Howard Gardner Minshew. You know, even I mean, like Gardner, you need, have, you need a backup. You know, that's right. So yeah. there's there's a lot of work to be done. Jason Kelsey, if he doesn't retire, he's going to need a new deal. It, it's pretty crazy the situation they're in. But at the same time, I feel like Roseman is very good with the cap. That's one of his strengths. That always has been at making things work, having your cake and eating it too. And unlike Howie before 2020, he has built a younger core to sustain things. If the core gets older and a lot of guys move on, they couldn't handle that after 2017. This time Mm -hmm. they have a young nucleus. Jalen Hurts is only 24. You look at AJ Brown and Devontae Smith, they're under 25. So is Dallas Goddard, Jordan Maialata and Landon Dickerson up front. You know, on defense, they've got Josh Sweat and Hassan Riddick and Darius Slay. There's still a lot of pieces. N'Kobe Dean coming in too. So I feel like this team is a lot better set up to sustain some losses but I'm also very confident that how he can find a way with also the cap going up every year that he can keep a lot of these guys in house. They're going to lose some players, but I don't think they're going to get completely picked clean this off season. Helps to have uh, extra first round picks too. So uh, they got yeah. two of them. That's, That's the thing. Another top 10 pick there. as well. Yeah. yeah. Nice luxury for a Super Bowl team. All right. More with Louis DiBiase. Let's get a little bit more into this game. Super Sunday, how things might go for the Eagles and the Chiefs. Today's episode brought to you by LinkedIn jobs as a small business owner or hiring manager. You know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. It's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. With LinkedIn jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, experiences to help you achieve your goals. Uh, There's a big reason why the two teams that have been so successful that are in the Super Bowl right now have done exactly that. So it's the same with NFL teams, building your roster, building your front office as it is for your small business. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. Go beyond the resume using data and insights from your job post, the company, and over 800 million member profiles. Those candidates that you want to hire are already on LinkedIn. So use LinkedIn Jobs to find the exact ones you want to interview and eventually hire. 
LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedinjob.com slash locked on NFL. That's LinkedIn Jobs at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure you check out everything else the network has to offer, like Locked On Eagles, Locked On Chiefs. Remember, your team is covered right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, speaking of the defensive side of the ball here, um, look, the, the, the Eagles 49ers, me being the host of Locked On 49ers, we've talked a lot about this game. It was, it was a, one of the weirdest football games I've ever seen, ending up with not having a quarterback. But the biggest reason that the 49ers didn't have a quarterback, it didn't magically happen for no reason. It happened because the Eagles knocked out both quarterbacks, right? Uh, so Hassan Reddick, uh, we've talked about uh, Javon Hargrave's bubble on yesterday's podcast, which is a real, a real hit for <laughs> listeners out there. Uh, according to Matt Williamson, best bubble in the league. You can talk about that if you want. But just like, yep. you know, five deep that, that keep coming at you on that defensive line, it's, uh, it's a remarkable group. And if the you said it already, if the Eagles win this football game, it's probably because they win it up front, both on offense and on the defensive side, and they're able to get after a banged up Patrick Mahomes. No, for sure. I think this defensive line, it's one of the best, not just in Eagles history, but in NFL history. They were close to breaking the Bears all-time sack record from the 80s. First team ever with four players to have at least 10 sacks. And you look below that, Fletcher Cox had seven in a bounce back year. Even Milton Williams, their third round pick from a few years ago, had four. And he's been playing some really efficient snaps over the last two months. So I think that's definitely going to be the key is getting to Patrick Mahomes. Of course, he's one of the best outside of script, the script, you know, off-platform quarterbacks already of all time. But he's not going to be 100% with that ankle. You want to make sure he's on the run. Don't make it easy for him to find Travis Kelsey over the middle. And how do you do that? It's by having this deep and top-talented defensive line get to him. And that's the thing. They got to get pressure up front, push him outside. But also they need Hassan Riddick, Brandon Graham, and Josh Sweat to be ready. That's the thing. I, the one thing they can't do is what San Francisco did. And there was a couple times, both sacks from Riddick, I believe there was a tight end going one-on-one -on -one with, with Riddick. So the Chiefs got to learn from that, I think, and, and match up better. But I think that's the way the Eagles got to do this. Because if you give Mahomes time, I'm a little nervous about that matchup with Kelsey for sure. There's not much else on that offense I'm scared of. There's no Tyree Kill anymore. But that Kelsey matchup is what I'm wondering what they're going to do the most with. Yeah, that's where I was going to go, too, is yeah. the Chiefs O-line is very, very good. It's not as good as the Eagles, but it's very, very good, especially sure. on the interior. But I still don't think it's, you know, equal to the Eagles front, the defensive mm. front at all. I really think Slay and Bradbury will be fine on the perimeter without much right. help. But if there's a weakness, a soft spot, it's definitely the middle of the field. And I don't know that there's an answer for Kelsey if you have Derwin James, Minka Fitzpatrick, Fred Warner, and Ray Lewis. You know, I mean, it, right, it, it, right. It, it's it's unbelievable. Is he going to have 15 catches this game? I mean, yeah. if they win, he might. Look, and I'm not saying you're going to erase Travis Kelsey. You're you're not going to do that. I mean, mm -hmm. you can only hope to contain him. But at the same time, that's got to be the focus. If I lose because Marcus Veldes-Scatling beats me, that's fine. Right. I can live with that result. If Juju Smith-Schuster takes over this game, that's fine. I feel like they have to come in. Again, you don't want to completely throw everything you've done out the window. You're the number one passing defense in the league for a reason. But I'm concerned with some of this base zone coverage that Jonathan Gannon likes to draw up that these option routes, Travis Kelsey might find gaps over the middle. And TJ Edwards has been an incredible story at linebacker this year, and especially his improvement in coverage. But 
I'm really nervous if he's on an island with Kelsey, this is going to be an issue. I don't know if they try something different, maybe almost like a Meg zone slash man type of hybrid where mm-hmm. you have Chauncey Gardner-Johnson or one of your premier corners just shadow Kelsey all game long and you play zone around that. But they got to do something to not let, let Kelsey get off the line of scrimmage free and give him yards after the catch. Again, I think he's maybe the greatest tight end of all time, so you're not mm-hmm. going to completely stop him. But I think you have the flexibility where, again, there's not a Tyree kill to worry about, and you have other great corners and safeties that if you do have one guy follow Kelsey, you're going to be okay where you're not worried about, you know, oh, no, now James Bradbury's or Avante Maddox is on the boundary with Valda Scatling. I think that's still a fine matchup that you can be okay with. So I'm very curious what Jonathan Gannon's going to do. It's going to be, you know, him and Andy Reid, it's going to be a chess match. But it's just that that Kelsey matchup has me up at night already. Because I remember what happened with Rob Gronkowski in 2017. That second half, he had, what, seven catches for over 100 yards and a touchdown? It nearly brought New England back to win the game. Well, you know, C.J. Gardner Johnson is at least going to be talking to Travis Kelsey, so maybe oh, get yeah. his head a little bit. By the way, <laughs> I hope they're both mic'd up. 150 yep. to one for C.J. Gardner Johnson's Super Bowl MVP. Just saying, throw that out there. Uh, I brought it up the other day, Brian. I feel like I'm I'm trying to find a bet where it's not Jalen Hurts, and yes, in Super Bowl 52, Corey Clement could have won it if Nick Foles didn't. He had 100 yards, so maybe it's Kenneth Gainwell. But I thought about C.G.J. the other day. Maybe if he gets an interception and 10 sacks, there's a lot of targets coming his way, right? Yeah. And then maybe he yeah. gets his hands on a couple of them. Yeah, I'm well, trying to find I- that dark horse candidate to bet on. I got to interject, though, because I mentioned this yesterday. My dark horse is Devontae Smith, and I think this mm-hmm. also applies for A.J. Brown. They're not as dark of a horse as C.J. Gardner-Johnson, but I really think Spagnolo is going to be really aggressive. I think they need to create three or four big plays on defense, exotic blitzes, leaving that young secondary on islands, and Hurts is yeah. such a good deep passer. I could see Smith ending up with two long touchdowns and getting the MVP. I could see it. Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown's been incredible all year. Honestly, I feel like Devontae Smith, the second half of the season, was as good, if not better. And he's kind of been Jalen Hurts' go-to target over the last month. I think free – and Smith, that's the thing is – some of these guys with the Eagles, they weren't there in 2017 and they're young, but you look at Devonte Smith, who's 24 years old. He even said it himself during his press conferences this week. This is nothing new to him. I mean, he was a true freshman at Alabama catching a game winning touchdown in a national right. championship. So yeah, I think Devonte's is a good one. I'm curious how they're going to throw the football. I think it's going to be way better than the last few weeks, but, um, you know, it's going to be interesting because they've really gotten here because of the run game over since Hertz got that shoulder injury. Yeah. We've kind of painted a little. I know you got to go to Louis, and really appreciate you jumping on with us here. So we kind of painted what the picture is going to look like if the Eagles win this game. On the other side, is there something you're worried about? You're like, okay, this if the Eagles don't hoist the Lombardi, it's because of blank. Is it as simple as other than Mahomes? Mahomes (laughs) Things, yeah. Yeah, um, I think tackling is another big thing Mm. this team has had issues with throughout the season. They tackled, I think, incredibly well against San Francisco. It felt like they had a chip on their shoulder. They wanted to show that they're as aggressive as that Niners front seven. But over over the course of the season, I feel like their run defense has been inconsistent at times, and they haven't tackled as well in the open field. And I know those are fundamental things in football that you got to do to be successful. But I think the Eagles, if they can stay consistent in those areas, they'll be hoisting a Lombardi. If not, Again, it's already hard enough to stop Mahomes. If you give his weapons yards after the catch, it's going to be – and if Pacheco gets going in the run game, that'll be tough to stop them. Fantastic stuff. That is Louis DiBiase. You can find him daily on Locked On Eagles and, of course, on Twitter at DiBiase L O E. Louis, really appreciate the time, man. I know you're busy getting ready for Super Bowl 57. 
I can't wait for it, though, guys. It's Patrick been great Sack, covering yeah. it for the Lockdown Podcast Network the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. So can't wait to keep listening to you guys. Thank you. Yeah. Good luck Sunday. Fantastic stuff there. Uh, a few more thoughts here on the Super Bowl, Matt. Maybe we can even look at some of these uh, prop bets here as well. And uh, I want to talk about some of the coaches that are in this game because there's a couple of uh, – there's uh, there's coordinator jobs. There is head right, coach right. jobs that are still open. And pretty plain to me that I think some teams are waiting to talk to some of these coaches that are coaching still uh, in Super Bowl 57. We'll get to that next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by FanDuel, talking about some of those prop bets, and there is a million of them. There's entire pages of just Hurts props and just Mahomes props. Who does he target first? Who? Uh, how many touchdowns? Um, uh, over uh, Yards, of course. There is, uh, what's the first pass he throws? A completion or an incompletion or an interception? So uh, an amazing amount of bets you can make for Super Bowl 57 at FanDuel looking at the uh, all of the prop bets right now for MVP. I mean, there is a million of them. You go all the way down in, in just about every Jason Kelsey's on there. Uh, has, wow. a, has a center ever better <laughs> ever been Super Bowl MVP? You get pretty darn good odds on that one. So, uh, um, of course, there's tons of fun ways to bet on Super Bowl 57, including if you're new to FanDuel, that's great because there's the no sweat first bet. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So go to FanDuel. Join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL and now official sportsbook partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. So it's I think it's pretty obvious, Matt, looking at this football game, that there's some coaching vacancies that have not been filled. And mm-hmm. those uh, those teams are just buying their time, right? The the Cardinals and the the Colts. It's, it feels like they're just buying their time until the end of the Super Bowl so they can hire a coach. But I wonder which coach it is. Is it Steichen? Is it uh, Gannon, the the defensive coordinator that Louie mentioned there? Uh, it's very curious that to me. Uh, and we haven't really heard a lot about those coaches, though. So um, Steichen to the Colts seems like maybe the front runner at this point. You like that one? Okay. I mean, if they were going to hire Saturday, wouldn't they have done it by now, you know? And I wouldn't hire Saturday anyway, but I think that one's very possible. I also think Kafka to the Cardinals is very possible, and they would just keep their defensive coordinator who they're really high on. So I think those are the front runners, but I also have some concerns. Is the Colts ownership just not sure? They're, I mean, they're interviewing these guys three times. You never hear that. Or do people just not want the Cardinal job? <laughs> You know? I think so. so there, those are the two main things that jump out to me. It feels like nobody wants the Cardinals job. And mm-hmm. and by the way, uh, there was the Mike Sando article. Remember that that laid out what ranked the best and worst jobs was was the Cardinals job ranked last on that list. I'm almost certain Denver and Cardinals were the two at the bottom. Um, the Panthers and Texans were the two at the top. So the Colts weren't the worst or the best. The, the Colt and it's bordering on at first. It was like, OK, they're going to be very thorough. And I guess that's good. You want to interview everybody. You you know the lay of the land. Make sure you talk to everybody. And when you interview coaches, you learn a lot, even if you don't hire that 
Mm-hmm. So I could see why you would cast a wide net first when you're and, and being thorough in the process. But it seems like the the Colts hiring process has gone from thorough to kind of just weird. And it's like, right. okay, uh, who do you even want anybody? Does anybody want your job? Do you want to give it to anybody? Do you do you want to just not? Do you want to have Saturday coach for another year because you don't like the candidates and see who's available next year instead? Yeah, and it is an odd job. I mean, the quarterback situation isn't very alluring, but they. It, I could paint a picture where if they get out of a quarterback play, they're back to 500-ish or even maybe winning that division. But they also have some weird cap things. Like, they've invested in guards, centers, right tackles, off-the-ball linebackers, D-tackle. Like, they don't have the expensive things. Left tackle, corner, quarterback. You know, I'm sure they'll give Taylor a contract. So, it's a little stickier with the rebuild than people might imagine. You know, I mean, the, the expensive things are still floating around out there. I just think, well, I mean, one thing you touched on I wanted to mention, though, is there is value to me as an owner and a front office of bringing in a lot of candidates because it's good for the candidates to interview and you may get ideas. You know, like maybe we're not going to hire this this guy, but boy, he brought a nice idea to the table. We're going to steal it and use it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, or if, if a lot of these... Uh, a lot of these coaches have a similar idea of certain assistants they want to bring in. And you're mm-hmm. learning like, okay, here's an assistant coach that everybody's talking about that they want to bring in. Who's the next star offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator in the league that we didn't really know about going into this process or we knew about, but we didn't know how much everyone really likes this person. And you start to realize, okay, well, so uh, I, we're hearing this name a lot. Maybe this is the next superstar. Maybe we should interview that guy for the head coaching job. Or, you know, maybe we want to make sure that we do try to hire that person to be one of the coordinators when we do hire our head coach. And and so, yeah, I think that's Why that's is everybody cool. talking about Johnny from the Bears? I didn't right. know he was a hot guy, you know, right, you know. And I'm so, pretty no, they're, they're, sure, at, um, I wanted to call him Adam Gase, um, the uh, – <laughs> Blake on his name. Who's the former head coach of the Bears that's now back with the uh, with the Chiefs? Uh, Nagy. Uh, Nagy. Right. 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 Nagy. Okay. Uh, I've heard that um, that Nagy's name is is one that's hot for one of the court offensive coordinator jobs, and essentially they're waiting for that one as well. And I don't mm, remember okay. which team is attached to that now. So that's that's one as well to look out for because there's a number of teams that still need coordinators, not just head coaches out there. Yeah, tons. And the enemy's name's been thrown around the last couple yes. of years. Maybe mm-hmm. he ends up getting out of Reed Shaw. Yeah, actually, Shadow. that's another one. The enemy uh, is is looking at an offensive coordinator job, mm-hmm. which is interesting because that's the position he holds, but he doesn't call plays. I wonder if that's right, the right. step in his evolution. He's like, well, I'm not going to get one of these head coach jobs. I'm I'm not even calling plays right now, so I need to go somewhere, call plays, and then maybe then I'll get my head coaching shot. Yeah, and I would imagine – I don't know exactly how that works. I think his title is offensive coordinator with Kansas City, yes. and you're not allowed to move laterally. But I bet Andy Reid and the organization is like, this is a kind of the exception. I'm not going to hold you back. And I, I've gone through this so much with the 49ers. Too. Oh, I'm pretty sure you can't stop. It's it's still an um, it's not a lateral move because it would be play caller. So I don't think you can. Stop oh, okay. Them from doing that, from what I okay. understand. Um, but you can stop somebody from. Uh, from becoming an offensive coordinator if they're like pass game coordinator, but they're not going to call plays still. Okay. You know what I mean? So if like, I, I know they get around that with like assistant head coach or, you yeah. know, like they can, you know, that type of thing. You yeah. Know? So there's a number of things. Senior assistant. Or, 
in, with with titles and, and pay, obviously. And I think there's also handshake deals that are done behind the scenes where, you know, mm-hmm. it's, I'm, I'm sure it happened this way with the 49ers and certain coaches, too, where it's like, all right, look, you, you can't take all my assistants, but I'll let you take this guy. But that means you can't take this guy and this guy. Don't take my quarterback coach, too. Right. And yeah. Receiver coach, because I got to bump somebody up. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm sure there is some of that because they're all friends and they spend tons of hours together. And I mean, it, you, you don't want to hold somebody back, but you don't want to destroy your organization over it either. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, one more quick note here before we get out of here on Super Bowl 57. I, I think, I, and I agree with the the general consensus out there that the Philadelphia Eagles top to bottom roster, you know, counting or not counting quarterback, they, they've got a better roster top to bottom. But I think it's a little bit closer than people are making it out. People are making it out mm-hmm. like it's Patrick Patrick Mahomes and Scrubs against <laughs> yeah. uh, you know against the Philadelphia Eagles. And I I think throughout this, and I don't know if it's even bullet, bulletin board material for the Chiefs or anything like that, but I feel like there's borderline disrespect for the rest of the Chiefs roster outside of Patrick Mahomes. It's not like they gutted everything. I mean, they've gone to what five straight championship games and have been the best team of the half last half decade without question in the league. Yes, they lost a star in Tyree Kill, but they also have a lot of youth and you know, secondaries all young guys. You know, could a Sky Moore step up in a big stage or somebody like that? I mean, it's not like they didn't bring anybody in. Right. So no, I think best, you're dead on on that. One of the best offensive lines in the league. Right. So like Chris Jones on the defensive line, who's a game wrecker. And um, yeah, and, and, a, and a lot of talent scattered around the roster. I think some of it's young and some of it's maybe, you know, of course, you would rather have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith than right. Marquez Valdez-Scantling and, and Juju Smith-Schuster. But those guys can play. They've been starting receivers. And we saw what Marquez Valdez-Scantling was, uh, was able to do um, to help them get here. So I, I just think it's a little bit oversold. I think it's a closer game, which makes me want to take the chiefs because of Patrick Mahomes being the X factor because his roster is actually really good. It's not just, it's not just Patrick Mahomes against the chiefs. Uh, I hear you against the Eagles. And last note kind of on rosters is I believe the Eagles have more great players than the chiefs. You know, if we were drafting teams and out of the top 15 or 20, there'd be more Eagles than there'd be chiefs. That being said, Mahomes is the first pick, no doubt about it. I think Chris Jones is the second. I mean, he was almost defensive player of the year this year if, and mm-hmm. should get some votes. And Kelsey might be third. I mean, with respect to his brother, Kelsey, and all the other great players on the Eagles, the three best players in this game might be wearing red. And it's undefendable. Mahomes to Kelsey right, 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 is right. undefendable, right? Yeah. Whereas you can find ways to to slow down a lot of the weapons on the, on the Eagles side, as difficult as that might be. Uh, you know, and, and has been for just about every team no they've made this year. No, it's going to be a great game. I'm psyched for it. And yeah. We'll preview it tomorrow, huh? Of course, we're going to preview it. We'll make our official picks there. Maybe talk a little bit more about some of these fun prop bets, of which there are plenty for Super Bowl 57. Thanks, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Back tomorrow, right here, Peacock and Williamson.